Secretary, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. It'd be good to just make part. back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G. And Will Perry. And Will, as you know, we've got that awesome partnership with Big Summer Golf Card. And, hey, July the 12th. Still plenty of time left through the end of, of October. August, September, October, and some, some right through December. So give yourself a little treat. Check out the Big Summer Golf Card, bigsummergolf.com. Get the best rates all summer long. And uh, your favorite courses are all Disney, on there. Disney, Orange County National, uh, Black Bear, some others down in the resort area. Timaquan, the, the ones you'd expect to be there. Over 35 courses in the Orlando area. And uh, right now, uh, for 30 bucks, you can get it for half price, bigsummergolf.com. And we're going to give away some swag because we love to do that. Caller number 3. 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255. Big Summer Golf Cart can be yours, 407-916-8255. We're going to waste no more time going to one of our favorite men in the field on his way back from the Buckeye Tour in beautiful Ohio, Gary Van Sickle, the one, the only. How are you, my friend? Well, pretty good. I'm not sure anyone's ever said in beautiful Ohio before, but, you know, it's uh, made other than the Chamber of Commerce, you know, they say it a lot. Hey, but, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's there in Cleveland. My niece lives in, lives in Cleveland. Shout out. Hello, Carolyn. Um, there are a lot of good things about Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, you know, it's a shame the Browns aren't any good because the Browns and Steelers was one of the most fun rivalries in football. Uh, so we miss that. So Steeler fans would never admit they miss the Browns, but they really do because the, yeah, everybody hates the Ravens. Who cares? The well, Browns was more of town a now. yeah. The Browns was the Steelers. Browns was more about people, you know, city against city. It just wasn't just about the football team. It's like, yeah, Cleveland sucks. Or yeah, Pittsburgh sucks more. Oh, you know, I mean, it was, but in a in a in a good way, if that's possible. So that's. That's kind of missing. The Indians and Pirates don't play in football, and, you know, Pittsburgh doesn't have a pro basketball team, well, and, hey, uh, which you, is probably a good thing. You so, know, as a diehard— Cleveland, we just don't admit it. As a diehard Buffalo Bills fan, we love the Browns because we at least can beat the Browns. <laughs> yeah. uh, to hang well, your hat on Buffalo, something. Buff, yeah, that's right. Buffalo will probably get an NFL franchise one of these years. So oh, looking forward that's to that. so wrong. That's so wrong. We digress. Uh, so— our uh, world famous uh, scribe. Uh, let's let's talk about how things are shaping up for the Open Championship next week uh, with this big win by John Rahm over the Irish Open. He's got to be tops on the uh, betting pools over there right now. You would think so. You know, he was one of my picks the U.S. Open, and uh, he I think he missed the cut. So you just don't know if the guy's peaking too early or not. You know, I was about to say this is – I think we're going into the, the British Open or the Open Championship, as they prefer us to call it, kind of the way we went into the U.S. Open. 
it's wide open. The top players in the world really are kind of off their games, and it's wide open for anybody else like Brooks Kepka or John Rahm or, you know, maybe some former major winner who's found his game again like Adam Scott or, uh, you know, I don't know. Does Danny Willett still even alive? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't go into this. How about going, the beef? Yeah, the beef. Well, you know, I like I support anybody who's sponsored by Arby's because I like Arby's. So uh, he'd be he'd be awesome. But honestly, how would you how would you pick a favorite going into this thing? Who's done anything on a consistent basis? I agree. This John Rahm is a superstar who, if he's not already, is about to happen. Uh, If he won three majors in a row, I wouldn't go. Holy cow! I'd go. Yeah, he's that good. So. He's a great pick. You know, we can't write off Sergio. I seems like Sergio's still enjoying the, the green jacket. Well, wouldn't you be? Have kind of a master's hangover. Yeah. Well, would I wear that to Wimbledon with my hot girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> I would wear that so, thing everywhere. I would go. I would do like Phil did, and I would go to the Dunkin' Donuts drive-through <laughs> window with that on, making sure not to get any frosting glaze on it. <laughs> uh, so, what did you think about the? Uh... Avoiding the penalty for mismarking his ball uh, decision for John Rahm. I know you play very, very high competitive golf as an amateur. What are your thoughts on well, that? Well, I hate to admit that I was out at a uh, boondoggle at the uh, grand opening of a new course at Nemecolin Woodlands called Shepherd's Rock. They have two courses now. So to be honest, I didn't see it. But it's pretty hard to mismark your ball accidentally because these guys are seasoned veterans. Uh, you know, I go back to the Lexi Thompson incident. That looked like somebody who was desperately trying to get away from something in her line. And the fact that she, you know, her only excuse at the time was, well, I didn't intend to break the rules. It's like, well, what was your intent? Because she never explained what she was doing. Well, I'll tell you what she was doing. She was budging the rules. She, I think that was a professional courtesy. She thought everybody in the tour got. And I've heard since that incident that some other players were like, yeah, she's been doing that for a while and they were kind of fed up with it so you didn't hear many people really support her mistake you heard a lot of people say the way the rule was uh enacted and enforced was wrong which i agree with but uh so i mean i i'd, lo- I'd love to have an opinion on john Rahm, but I, I haven't seen it but i will just say if you're a professional golfer you can't mark your golf ball wrong and I'd be stunned if it was an accident. You know, I mean, these guys have done this all their lives. Marking the ball is sacred. You should treat it that way, and I think most players do. But, uh, you know, if he got caught fudging it or being careless, uh, I, I'd be surprised. So, I mean, I, I didn't see it. I hate to, I hate to find him guilt, pronounce him guilty, but no, to he, me, you just don't, you don't mismark your ball. You just right. don't. Well, it was a similar situation. He marked his ball to the side, and when he put the ball back, he marked. He put the ball in front of the mark when he was okay. when, well, he, that, was, when he was approached yeah, when he was yeah. approached by the official. Or, you know, he, he he said, "quote I think I put it back to the side. I think." Yeah. And the well, that that's he got caught. Okay, that's that's that simple. <laughs> and he should have got a penalty for that because he he violated the spirit of the rule, not to mention the rule. So. It's not that hard to put your ball back where it was. Okay, you might miss by a tenth of an inch or a quarter of an inch, but uh, you're not going to miss by an inch or, in Lexi's case, like two and a half inches. So, uh, yeah, he should have got a penalty for that. And, you know, uh, in Spain, they are not known for playing by the rules. If you go to Spanish amateur golf and talk to anybody who's played over there. Well, you teed that up just perfectly because in in any other sport, we're – 
playing or graying the rules is, is like it's it's what you do. I mean, hockey, football, baseball, golf. I mean, you can't get away with anything like that, really. But yeah, it, yeah. Well, it, it, honestly, that's the mindset. Look, you know, Bill Belichick. How many is there any <laughs> rules that he hasn't broken? You know, you get applauded for what you get away with. Baseball stealing signals from the catcher is considered an art form. They're stealing the third, you know, the signs. You know, that's that's considered high art. How is that different from cheating? You know, tell me. I mean, it's really it's not. The different. It, it really isn't, and it's a different mindset in those other sports. In golf, you're self-policed, and that's why it's such a big deal when something like this happens because there's this, oh, golf, a gentleman's game, everyone pl-. You know what? That's a crock. There's just as many cheaters in golf at every level, in amateur golf and recreational golf, as there is anywhere else. They just, you know, at the top level, they know there's too many people watching them, so they don't try to get away with it. But, you know, the occasional Mark McCumber or Lexi Thompson or Jane Blaylock or – John Rahm, you know, gets caught. And, you know, the, the rule they abuse the most, I would say, is where the ball crossed the lateral hazard uh, and where they drop it. And the second one would be, uh, you know, the casual water rule. That's kind of a professional courtesy they give each other. Oh, come on. So you know that, you that, use the foot wedge when you're, when you're playing on, thir- on Monday through Thursday. Oh, and... a- oh amateurs. I'm talking about yeah, – I'm talking about <laughs> I know. Oh, amateurs. Hey, how about – you know, to me, the, there's, yeah, there's people who – there's people who, uh, who downright – you know, Look, if you're a senior, you're out playing with your buddies for fun. You're probably not even playing for money. You're out there to have fun. And you're in a divot. Why would you hit it? Of course you're going to move it. The idea is to have fun. But I'm talking about on the PGA Tour, if you even smell, think there's water there, you, hey, I got casual. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead and hit it. And they get a drop and move on. So, uh, but to me, sandbagging is maybe the worst handicap because that's totally intentional. Not only the guys who – got a career round going who, you know, they've won the money for the day. So, oh, isn't it funny how they three-putt the last three holes or, you know, not tack a couple shots on to keep their handicap at nine when they're really a four, and then they play in club events where there's, you know, prizes and stuff. Uh, that's all intentional. Or people who just post scores that are higher, you know, with computers now, you don't even have to go out and play. You just go computer, post a score, and nobody knows if you did or not. So I, I think, you know, it starts at amateur golf. That's probably – Recreational golf is probably where the most cheating is, but to be honest, most of us aren't expecting our friends. We're out to have fun, but tournament golf is a different manner. We're talking with Gary Van Sickle, formerly with Sports Illustrated, now with The Morning Read. If you're not getting it, you should, themorningread.com. Gary, you've covered so many open championships. Tell our listeners a little bit about Royal Birkdale going uh, to Southport, England this year, and I believe, isn't that the town uh, the hometown of tommy fleetwood yes i believe it is if you were looking for a dark horse pick at least on this side of the the atlantic he's your guy because he should know that place inside and out and he just Uh, won a couple weeks ago so he's trending in the right direction too. and and he's not a he's, he's a household name over in over in the uk so he's not a dark horse over there he probably to be honest if you were picking a favorite he and john rom might be the two favorites because you know, I don't know if Dustin Johnson's going to slip on a stairway and Jordan Spieth, uh, you know, who knows where he is at the moment. Uh, I mean, there's another guy. But, yeah, Burkdale's another one of those. You know, it's funny because I actually remember the course next door to Burkdale. There kind of has a sister course called Hillside because I played a few times there. Uh, in the early 90s, I was playing with Tim Rosaford, who's now with the Golf Channel. 
and a member and somebody else, and I actually made a hole-in-one on my front nine. And Tim still gives me grief about it because I didn't react at all. I acted like nonchalant. To be honest, I thought it, the ball disappeared over the green. I thought I missed the green. It went over and long. He's, oh, you know, like, oh, it's went in the cup. And, like, I don't think it did. And I didn't want to celebrate. You know, you don't want to jinx yourself and go, ah, oh, it's a hole-in-one and get up there and find out you're over the green because that's what I thought. So to this day, he gives me flack about not celebrating a hole-in-one when it went in because I didn't think it did. So I actually have more memories of Hillside Hillside than uh, – I think Hillside is where they park cars for the Open, you know, that week. But it's a fun course. And, you know, Brookdale's got a little of everything. It's got some flat, flattish holes with the big bunkers. It's got some – it's got a few hills. And I remember Ian Baker Finch there in uh, – was it 91, I think, when he won. He shot 29 in the front. Um, you know, I would say it's – you know, all, all the open courses, especially in England, I mean, you're dependent on what the weather's been. Uh, if it's wet, you got thick, thick, rough, you don't want to be. And if it's been dry and toasty, um, you know, that's it, totally different. Now, I, I've got a story coming up on Morning Read probably this week about the 1976 Open that Johnny Miller won at Burkdale, which is funny because nobody – Everybody talks about Johnny Miller at Oakmont. Nobody talks about his second win, which is the, the Open at Burkdale. And he beat out this young kid who led the first three rounds, this 19-year-old named Severano Ballesteros. Uh, and it was it was a great Open until the last day where Seve, you know, the 19-year-old kind of fell apart. And Miller ran away with the final 66. But a lot of weird stuff happened that week. The thing was the course was dry and toasty. In fact, uh, it was so dry they had six six brush fires at the course including one Thursday morning that was over by the second tee, and it was endangering the, the 18th hole grandstand. They actually had to stop play till they got the fire out and they had to wait for the smoke to blow off the, so people could see the tee off at number one. <laughs> uh, so it was super hard. Nicholas said at the time that was the hottest uh, he'd ever been in a, at a major championship. Of course, Jack wasn't around in 2007 at Tulsa for the PGA. So All speaking- kinds of nutty stuff. Speaking of a, 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 you know, it seems like a long time since last year's Open Championship, won by Henrik Stenson. Where's Henrik been? He, I think he and Danny Willett, you know, went to the same hideout, and have just it just vanished out of sight, isn't it? You know, that's that's the thing about golf when you, especially when you're like forty, you're like forty years old, like Stenson was. When you finally get your major, you know, it's the crowning achievement of your career. It's just human nature to get complacent and back off a of hair. And uh, the next thing you know, you know, you're nowhere to be found. So I, I, I go back to our opening comments. Who knows? This, this Open is wide open, just like the U.S. Open. Is Brooks Kepa going to go over and win an Open? I mean, I don't know. How good is he? Has is, is he got a U.S. Open hangover? Maybe. I mean, there's just a lot of unanswered questions. Jason Day keeps saying how good he's, how close he's playing to, how close he is to playing really good. Uh, Phil Mickelson's got a new caddy. I mean, I, I just don't, I just don't know who you put your finger on. I mean, maybe Spieth after that that great finish in Hartford. But uh, I like the fact that you brought up Tommy Fleetwood. He might be your if he, you're in a he might be the one pool here in the yeah if you're in the office pool here in the states, you might want to pick up Tommy Fleetwood. But you can probably get him in the, if you're having a draft. You can probably get him in about the third round because nobody else is going to know about him. But that that's a great pick. All right. Well, we are going to be. Uh... Keeping our eyes on him next week. And as always, we love spending some time with Gary Van Sickle. Check him out on The Morning Read. Thanks, Gary. 
You got it. You listen to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back.